they've been married for 30 years. He's a pioneer of Catholic lay evangelization, and she has a master's degree in theology. Put on the coffee and get ready to open the scriptures. It's time for Bible with the Barbers. Now, here's Terry and Mary Danielle. Welcome to the Bible with the Barbers, Terry Barber and Mary Danielle. And we're honored. This is, I think, our second Tuesday, so it's a brand new show. And I think the camera needs to be adjusted, Mr. Richard, our engineer. And so we are here because each week we will cover the gospel of the day for uh, the readings at Mass. And um, and then we're going to get into some aspect of the Bible that I think is real practical for all of us because as Christians... Thank you. They were adjusting that camera. Uh, as Christians, we need to know our family heirloom, which is the Bible. So as Jesse and I do every day on Virgin Most Powerful, we call it soul food, our Bible. So Mary Danielle, for, sun, for this day's reading, the Gospel of Luke, could you share with our listeners the reading from today's Mass? Okay, the reading for today's Mass is from Luke 38 through uh, 42. Mm-hmm. Now, as they went on their way, he entered a village, and a woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. Mm -hmm. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she went to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. One thing is needful. Mary has chosen the good portion, which shall not be taken away from her. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. What a great reading for mom. <laughs> you know what? We got to be. Let, let, why don't you give the commentary? Because I think a lot of people read that and they ask the question, well, which one's better? It's not a matter of which one is better. <laughs> God calls everyone to a vocation in life, Amen. and each of us has a vocation. Mm-hmm. What's interesting is the vocation to religious life yes. is supposed to be a sign to the world of the way we're all going to live in heaven. In mm-hmm. heaven, there's no marriage or giving in marriage. Right. So we're all going to live like the angels. Mm-hmm. We're not going to be angels, but we'll live like the angels. That is that God is all in all, and he is our fulfillment. Mm-hmm. But on earth, our is our life directed toward serving God in everything that we do, or are we looking around at everybody else and saying, well, what are they doing, and how come I have to do all <laughs> this, and they can't help me? Right. And St. Augustine comments that Martha was arranging and preparing the Lord's meal and was busy doing many things, whereas Mary preferred to find her meal in what the Lord was saying. In a way, she did desert her sister, who was very busy, and sat herself down at Jesus' feet. That is Mary, sat herself down at Jesus' feet and just listened to his words, as it were she were resting in the Lord. Mm -hmm. She was faithfully obeying what the psalm says, that's Psalm 46, be still and know that I am God. She recognizes the presence of God in Jesus, and she's just being still in the presence of the Lord and enjoying his presence. Awesome. But Martha was getting annoyed. Mary was feasting. The former, Martha, was coping with many things. Mary was concentrating on one. Both occupations were good. Mm. But Martha is, again, you know, this passage has often been seen as Martha is the symbol of the active life, Mary is the symbol of the contemplative life. Mm. And yet, is there any of us who's not called to contemplation? Now, we're all called to contemplation. We're all Mm -hmm. called to prayer. We're all called to union with God. And that is... Prayer is what? A conversation with someone who loves us. Mm-hmm. And when we love someone, we want to spend time with them, right? Of course. And so we're all called to this life of prayer whereby we enter into conversation with the Lord and we listen to him speak. And by the way, in our prayer, if we do all the talking, he's going <laughs> to wait. He's not going to speak until we're quiet. So we need to take some quiet time in prayer so that the Lord has time to speak. But Every Christian is called to contemplate the Lord according to the duties of their state in life. And as I said at the beginning, the the life of the religious is a sign to us of the life we will live in heaven. So it's a sign to the world that we weren't made for a finality here in this world. We were made for heaven. 
So we want to pray. We want to enter into prayer. At the same time, we need to do our duty. But when we do our duty, we want to offer that to the Lord and focus on doing our duty for the sake of the Lord and stop complaining about who's doing what or not doing what or who's helping or not helping. And it's hard sometimes, especially for a mother with a family. Oh yeah, You're overwhelmed and it's just like, can't somebody help me? <laughs> but oftentimes instead of just saying, look, I do need some help, we start complaining. We start you know, saying blah, 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 blah. And we, we go on on this tirade about how I'm having to work so hard and nobody's helping me out. Yeah. We just need to stop and say, you know, I really do need some help here. Mm-hmm. And in the meantime, it's like, Lord, I will offer this to you because this is what you're asking me to do. This is we are supposed to sanctify all of all of our life by whatever activity we're doing. If it's a doctor in the operating room or taking care of his patients, mm-hmm. if it's a you know someone working in a laboratory or even our politicians are supposed to be serving the Lord. Yeah. The, our military people, our university professors, our home is everything that we do, our workshop, the marketplace. They're all supposed to become a place where we bring the Lord to the world and try and bring the world to the Lord by our example. This reading also reminds me of a great classic spiritual book called Abandonment to Divine Providence by Pierre de Cassade. And he says that God's will is manifested moment by moment as long as you're staying faithful to your duties and your state in life. I know that it's God's will that I'm with you right now, okay? Doing this little Bible study. Because I'm with you and doing my duties and my state in life to be a good husband to you, to be here with you to talk about God's word. Now, does that mean a husband who goes off to work to do whatever secular job can be sanctified? Yes! That's what the Second Vatican Council called about the universal call to holiness, that we're all called to this walk with God, no matter what we do. And I mentioned earlier on the Terry and Jesse show about God's will... And I said that every action is like a blank check. Yes. It's If Christ's yes. name is on it, it has infinite right. value. So mother taking care of the kids right. could really be serving Christ in a very, very powerful way. Absolutely. And actually doing more work than the archbishop in your diocese who might be slipping and doing something that he shouldn't be doing, even though his office is higher in the sense of the church hierarchy. Right. He's not pleasing God as much as mother changing diapers. I have an old saying. I got it from Kimberly Hahn. She said, when she sees little babies uh, in the crib, (laughs) you go up to the mother at the airport or we're at the grocery store and you say, keep up the good work, mom. You're changing the world one diaper at a time. Exactly. So I think that your scripture extra Jesus, in other words, explaining this really is very practical for all of our moms and dads. Everyone listening, even with the children, I would say, isn't this apply to kids doing their daily duty? It does apply to children doing their daily duty, and it applies to all of us. And the whole point of it is we're supposed to be building the kingdom of God here on earth. And we can't do that if we're not aware of it. We need to be aware that we do our part in building up the kingdom of God by being faithful to God's will. And God's will, as you said, is manifest moment by moment in the duties of our state and life. And so there was a saint, was it St. Bernard and... And one of his monks was saying how holy he was. And he said, don't you know that the little old woman in the village who's saying her prayers quietly and cleaning her cottage could be holier than Bernard? And this monk went running through the village. Little old woman, you're holier than St. Bernard. You know, because, of course, that wasn't St. But it was Brother Bernard. And everybody knew his holiness. They knew him for his holiness. But his point was, we're all called to holiness. If we're faithful to our duty and doing everything for the will of God, and to build up his kingdom for the glory of God's name, that his kingdom would come, as will be done. That's sanctifying. And we're supposed to sanctify the temporal order. That's the role of the laity. Absolutely. Christi fidelis laici. It, the role of the laity is to sanctify the temporal order. Well, for those who don't know Latin, yeah. and when was that document written and by who? I know. John Paul II. Yes. It was 19... That's a good question. It was in the in the late 80s. Yes, 1980. But, but the point of it was, it was a document explaining the role of the laity. Yeah. And that they we're all called to holiness. Right. And, you know, sometimes I think we forget that, that we think it's only the priests or the nuns. And uh, that's just not what the Catholic Church teaches. No. When we it's come... All of us. Let me just say this. We're going to come back, and my wife is going to chalk in general theory, or, you know, in other words, how do we interpret the Bible? 
because this is a Bible study. Now, we always go with the readings of our daily Mass. So if you can't get to daily Mass, you can look these up. You can go online, too, to the Bishop's Conference and just put daily readings for the Mass, and they're there. Or get yourself a Missal. But not all of us have the opportunity to go to daily Mass. But we all can listen to a podcast (laughs) with, you know, the teachings on the Gospel for that day. And like I say, when we come back, we're going to talk about how do we interpret the Bible. And there's a big word that people talk about, uh, exegesis. You know, what, what the word, what's this mean? We hear this sometimes, but as Catholics, I don't know if we all know what that means. So I want you to define a hermeneutics also. Yeah, the hermeneutics of the Bible, which one, we want to understand what that means. And again, today, if you're in the Southern California area, Mary Danielle will be doing her Bible study at 7 p.m. tonight at the Sacred Heart Chapel. You're all welcome. There's you know, no cost for coming. You can always give a little donation, but it's not necessary. But we're going to have it at the chapel. And then on Thursday at 1 o'clock, because some people can't make it in the evening, they can make it midday at 1 o'clock on Thursday, you also have another Bible study that right. you do. So lots of good things happening here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Last thing I'll mention, and we got the music coming on, is the folks who have been giving money to help us with our studio I really appreciate it. What we're doing now is we're going to hold off on the second studio completing it because we need more funds to pay the workers to do it. It's a little bump in the road, but I feel it's coming from God. And if you can help us pay for that, we will not borrow. We just pay as we go. And I think that's a good principle to have even at home. When we come back here at the Bible with the Barbers, we're going to talk about hermeneutics. What? That sounds like a big word. It's really not that big once you explain it. We're here at the uh, Terry, actually, with uh, the Barbers with the Bible. And um, Bible with the Barbers, I think that's what they're calling it. We'll be right back. Matthew Arnold here host of Happy Hour on Virgin Most Powerful Radio, part of our daily schedule of live 100% Catholic programs, along with the Terry and Jesse Show and the Bar of History with Dr. Ed Mazza. It is only because of your continued prayers and generous donations that Virgin Most Powerful Radio can broadcast live each weekday. We count on your spiritual and financial support because you understand the urgent need for Catholic programming that shares the gospel with clarity and charity, but without compromise. This fall, Virgin Most Powerful Radio will be rolling out another original live program, Jesus 911 with Jesse Romero, Eddie Chavez, and Ruben Nava, three ex-cops sharing true stories of evangelization and spiritual warfare on the streets of Los Angeles. We're also remodeling our studio and preparing to launch our new website and smartphone app. We desperately need to fix the bugs so you can listen live on our app or YouTube without any glitches. Plus, meet traditional broadcast standards in order to provide our exclusive programming to Catholic radio stations around the country and around the world absolutely free of charge. As usual, we're doing it all on a shoestring budget but we cannot do it without you. If you like what you hear on Virgin Most Powerful, I ask you to please prayerfully consider becoming a monthly donor. You can set it up with the touch of a button on our website, catholicrc.org. This October 13th, we invite you to Virgin Most Powerful's Call to Holiness Conference, Serious Scandals, Spiritual Solutions, at the Sacred Heart Chapel in Covina. Join Catholic authors and BMPR hosts Matthew Arnold, Dr. Ed Mazza, and Terry Barber to discover how you and your family can navigate the current crisis in the church with your faith not only intact, but stronger than ever before. Visit bmpr.org to register online now. Now, back to Happy Hour. If you'd like to join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Matthew. Actually, this isn't Matthew. We're going to get it right yet. This is Terry Barber and Mary Danielle Barber. 
the Bible with the Barbers, and we just talked about the Gospel of Luke, the, da- the readings for the Daily Mass, and now we'd like to shift into a big word called hermeneutics and talk about this hermeneutics. What does this word mean, and how do we apply it to the Bible? Hermeneutics means the general theory of interpretation. Mm-hmm. How are we supposed to interpret the Bible? What do we know about it? Um, can we, look, we can look at Scripture as just a human document, like any other human document. Like gone with the wind. It's, no you know, whatever. Or we can look at it as a divinely inspired book. Amen. And even the ancient Hebrews considered the books of the Old Testament inspired. And, it, you know, St. Paul in his letter to Timothy, um, 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All Scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. So the Hebrews clearly saw the the scriptures not as just the work of men. They saw that God had somehow intervened in human history to make sure that his revelation to his people would be done the right way and that people would get the clear revelation. It's interesting. You know, we have the controversy between the Hebrew scripture and the Septuagint. Well, what is that controversy? And the controversy is, according to the Protestant scholars, um, during the the Middle Ages at the time of the Protestant Revolt, Martin Luther rejected certain books of the Bible because they were in the Greek Septuagint and not in the Hebrew scriptures. Well, to understand what the the Greek Septuagint is, Ptolemy in Alexandria had a library and Ptolemy wanted all of the most important books in the world in his library. I do too. So <laughs> he took, he went to, wrote to the Jews in Jerusalem, he wanted 70 scripture scholars who were fluent in both Hebrew and wow. Greek and he wanted them to translate the Hebrew scriptures into Greek for him so that he could have the Hebrew scriptures in Greek. Mm-hmm. And he didn't want these men to falsify so he separated them from each other, and they were not allowed to communicate with one another. All 70 of them were put in separate rooms, and they all translated. And when they came out and Ptolemy compared the translations, wow, they were word for word exactly the same. Awesome. And so in um, Eusebius's church histories, we read, God was glorified, and the scriptures were recognized as truly divine, for they all rendered the same thing in the same words and the same names from beginning to end, so that even the heathens who were present knew that the scriptures had been translated by the inspiration of God. Wow. And now, at the time of the Protestant Revolt, because the Catholic Church accepted the Septuagint translation, you had some people rejecting it, and the Protestants rejected it, and they, had, they made some claims. You know, Well, one, the rabbinic tradition insisted on the Hebrew original. But what's interesting is the Jews at the time of Jesus didn't have a consistent Old Testament. The Sadducees and the Samaritans only accepted the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible. The Pharisees had 22 books they accepted. Fourth Ezra had 94 books. The Dead Sea Scrolls, which were the Essene community, Mm -hmm. they said there was no division between canonical and non-canonical. And the, the Dead Sea Scrolls also had a Hebrew version of the Greek editions. You have the, in the Septuagint, you have some extra books that aren't present in the Hebrew scriptures that came to us from the Council of Jamnia in 90 AD, which happened after the fall of Jerusalem. <clears throat> after Christ has already established his church, there were some Jewish scholars got together at Jamnia and decided on what was canonical Hebrew scriptures. And there are certain books that are in the Greek Septuagint that weren't included in that. That's a great explanation why we have more books in our Bible than our Protestant brothers, like right. the Book of Maccabees and other you know, right. books. So this is where the controversy really took place. Right. That's why our Protestant brothers don't accept certain books of the Bible. Yes, yes. Got it. And what's interesting also is that the, the Protestant scholars say, well, you know, the deuterocanonical books, which are Tobit, Judith, the Wisdom of Solomon, Sirach, Baruch, one and two Maccabees, and then there were certain extra parts of the book of Esther and the book of Daniel. And they said, well, none of those books are cited in the New Testament. Mm -hmm. Well, the difficulty with that argument is that the early Christians did accept those books, and not everything that's in the Old Testament is cited 
in the of New Testament. Not. How could it be? So does that mean that the things that weren't cited can't be part of it? But the other thing is, there are things cited in the New Testament that aren't scripture. St. Paul cites pagan authors. Quick question, I'll put you on the hot seat. Did our Lord quote from any of the Apocrypha in his, in his uh, speech? Do we have any record of our Lord quoting from what we call the Apocrypha, the, those books you just mentioned? Yes, we do. Yeah, we do. I know. We, do. we have. The, Isn't the, that awesome? Right. And so it wasn't. You know, it's not. You, know, you can make claims, but again, verify your claim. Yeah. And so the early Christians. You know, it's interesting that the the New Testament uh-huh. is written in Greek. Yes. And the early Christians, you know, they accepted this New Testament in Greek as inspired. So it's like, does it have to be in Hebrew in order to be inspired? When you did your studies, I know I'm backing up, but you've studied Greek. I thought it's a joke when I said it's all Greek to me, <laughs> but f- fair enough because I want our listeners to know that it's not that difficult of a language compared to other languages. Is that a fair statement? It's not difficult compared to other languages. It's not that difficult in terms of, but you have to know the alphabet. Yeah. You know, would you? What's the first thing we teach our children when we teach them how to read? Okay. We teach them the alphabet sure. and the sounds of the letters. And so that's what you need to do is memorize that alphabet. Now, Greek is complex. It's yeah. like Latin. It's, it has a more complex grammatical structure mm-hmm. than English does. Mm-hmm. So it's a little more difficult than our English, but nonetheless, it's not that difficult. And compared to other languages, you have more complex grammatical structure. Mm-hmm. The one language that I found of all the languages I've studied, the most easy mm-hmm. actually was Hebrew. Oh yeah. Because Hebrew doesn't have the complex grammar. Mm. I was like, oh, this is awesome. You mean I don't yeah. need to know all this grammar, you know? Yeah. The declensions of the nouns and the conjugations of the verbs do change in Hebrew, but you don't have all the mm-hmm. complex grammar of other languages. And I was just, I was thrilled. So getting back to hermeneutics, which we, we talked at the beginning of this segment, uh, interpreting the Bible, the um, question is, as Catholics... How do we see the Word of God? We talked about it's not just a book like Gone with the Wind or any secular book, but it's actually, I call it a love letter from our Father. So what do we mean when we say that it is inspired Word of God that we're reading? We mean that God used human authors Mm -hmm. to commit to writing those things that he intended. And the church in the Second Vatican Council teaches us that the, the Scripture is God's word written in the words of men. And and although he used human authors and they were true authors, nonetheless, they have committed to writing only those things which God intended and nothing else. And what about where it says, and it pertains to salvation? Well, that's that's taking, so what does that mean? Is that saying that we're limiting it to just salvation? I want to, that's just a question when I read the Vatican II documents on that. Well, it's interesting because if you read that, that's not what you call a limiting statement. When the church reads the scriptures, yes. you read the scripture from the heart of the church, there's nothing in the scriptures that doesn't pertain to our salvation. There you go. Because God speaks <laughs> one word. And again, if you read the Second Vatican Council documents, it's evident the word of God is not first and foremost a book written down in human words. The word of God is a person. Read the prologue to the mm. Gospel of St. John. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Powerful. The second person of the Blessed Trinity, the Son of God, is his Word, the Word he speaks. And it takes many human words for us to understand the single Word of God that is a person. So God inspired men to write down God's plan, his intention. What did he want us to know? And that's what... The, the, the Christian scriptures, when we look at scripture, that's what we want to look at. What is God communicating to us? Wonderful. And if people have a question, I know people are calling in right now. I can, I can see it on the screen. Call us at 888 if you have a question or comment about the Bible. That's what this is. The, you know, the Bible with the Barbers are here every Tuesday just for an hour. Yeah. And then, again, I'm just going to make another plug. My faithful bride will be here at 7 p.m. at the Sacred Heart Chapel on every Tuesday, God willing, to do a Bible study. So if you're in Southern California, we'd love to have you come. Try us out. And also on Thursdays at 1 o'clock in the afternoon, for those who don't want to go out at night, you give that option for 1 o'clock here at the Sacred Heart Chapel in Covina. 
We're going to talk more about the Bible. We hope, and this is our wish, please God will bless this wish, every Tuesday, wherever you're at, you can be anywhere in the world listening to this little Bible study, we're going to try and make this as practical as possible for you, our listener, to want to read your Bible every day. And you know, Mary Danielle, Mm -hmm. I think there's an indulgence if you read the Bible at least 15 minutes a day from what I've read in our church documents. And would you recommend... Uh, people starting off with the Gospels first when it comes to reading the Bible? Or is there a particular uh, point where you think they should start from other than the Gospels? I do recommend the Gospels only because those are the direct historical um, document that gives us. And the church unhesitatingly, again from Vatican II, unhesitatingly affirms the historicity of the fourfold Gospel according to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And that gives you that introduction to Christ. But you don't stop there. You want to go further, and we'll talk about that hopefully more in this So session. reading the Gospels introduces you to the person of Christ. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. and that's what Jesse and I said today on our show, that we recommended at that world youth meeting in Rome, yeah. let's give the kids the four Gospels. Amen. And give Amen. them adoration before the Blessed Sacrament. Amen. Jesus let them, is still present with us. Exactly. And between those two and the Sacrament of Confession... Let's turn our young people on to Jesus Christ. Amen. So the word of God, I would just encourage you to continue when we come back to listen to what we're helping you, helping you realize that this is great, a great love letter that God has given to each one of us and how each of us can read this letter, you know, this love letter from God and get something different out of it. But it's still true because it's reading, it's, it's reading God's word and asking as we read, what are you wanting to tell me when I read? What do you want me to do? How can I do your holy will? Amen. And when we have this attitude of gratitude, which is welcome just about everywhere when we come reading the Bible, God will speak to us, will he not? Yes, he will. God speaks to us. So when we come back, we're going to continue the Bible with the barbers, just giving you basic catechesis teachings, when we say catechesis, about the, the Bible and how it applies to us in our life and how we can be excited to read God's word. I just listened today about an archbishop from Sydney, Australia, who apologized to our young people in Rome for not teaching them to read the Bible Amen. and not to meet the person of Christ right. through uh, Eucharistic adoration, through um, having solid liturgies. And I thought, wow, this guy's wow. right spot on. Wow. And yeah. so here at the Bible uh, with the Barbers, we want to inspire the families to read the Bible Amen. each night, even Amen. if it's only for a few minutes. Right. Because if we don't know about the Bible, we, we won't meet Jesus Christ. Amen. When we come back, we'll continue the Bible with the Barbers. I want to thank you for joining us the second show of ours. We are honored to be with you in your home. And get yourself another cup of coffee. It's the afternoon. We'll be back in a moment. This is Terry Barber encouraging you to go to catholicrc.org. Take a look at all the CDs and the downloads from St. Joseph Communications. I have them all discounted on our website. And every time you purchase a CD, whether it's a download or a DVD, a portion of it goes right back to supporting the Terry and Jesse show because the profits come right back to our radio network. So I want to encourage you to go to catholicrc.org. Also, while you're there, if you buy product from Amazon, go to Smile Amazon on our website. Register the Catholic Resource Center as a beneficiary because when you purchase anything from Amazon, a portion of it, they write us a check for that each quarter. And that's also going to support the Terry and Jesse show. So pick up Scott Hahn, Tim Staples, Father Bill Casey. We've got the Spiritual Warfare Conferences for years to come. Like four or five years now of spiritual warfare conferences. All this is available on our website, catholicrc.org. Download the material or purchase the CDs or the DVDs. Be inspired. Pass them on to friends. We're making these available to you. This is 40 years of my work of recording these conferences, and I want to make them available to you, whether you purchase them through a CD, a DVD, or a download. Share it with a friend or a family member. 
Let's bring a, a soul back to Christ and his church. That's catholicrc.org or call us at 877-526-2151. May God richly bless you. Buying or selling your home or your business property? This is Terry Barber. Real Estate for Life underwrites The Terry and Jesse Show. And they can connect you to one of 900 pro-life real estate agents around the world. And when they receive their referral fee, they will give 80% of it to a pro-life organization. Wow! That's 80%. Realestateforlife.org, 877-LIFE-US1. Now, back to Happy Hour. If you'd like to join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Matthew. <laughs> I love this. It's actually Terry Barber and Mary Danielle Barber, and it's not the Happy Hour. That's earlier in the day. This is the Bible with the Barbers, and we're honored to be in your living room, in your car, talking about the greatest book ever, which is the Bible. And we have Ed up in Northern California. He's going to join us. And if you want to join us, our number is 888-526-2151. Ed up in Northern California, welcome to the Bible with the Barbers, brother. What's on your mind? Hello, Ed. All right, we're going to try and get Ed. Can you tell we're a brand new radio station? I can tell, and I'm trying to run this thing. And boy... And you talk about frustrations. Are we going to be able to get Ed on? Okay, well, when we let me know, Mr. Engineer, when it's ready. Just give me a thumbs up. Mary Danielle, we've been talking about hermeneutics. We've been talking about interpreting the Bible. You've given us an explanation for those who just tuned in. You can hear it on the podcast, why we Catholics have a bigger book than the Protestants on the Bible. We have more books in our Bible. You gave that explanation. Where do we take it from here with the hermeneutics now? Well, one thing we need to understand is that without the authority of the church, we wouldn't have a canon of scripture. What? The Jews didn't have a canon at the time of Jesus. Yeah. It was the authority of the Catholic Church that solved the canon problem. Right. And, you know, St. Augustine said, if, if the church hadn't told me, I wouldn't believe it. That's it. So in AD 382, at the Council of Rome, Pope Damasus I closed the canon. And then in the councils of Hippo and Carthage, one of them was actually the Synod, yep. in um, 390. Seven was Hippo. 394 and 397. Then they again reaffirmed that canon. Mm -hmm. So without the authority of the church, we wouldn't have a canon. We need the authority of the church. God gives us the church, and the church, we need that authority. Exactly. I'd like to give people the example of the Ethiopian eunuch. Oh, yeah, right you in know, the Acts of the Apostles. In the Acts of the Apostles. He's riding along, he's, he's reading the book of Isaiah, you know, and, and, and Philip, the Holy Spirit tells Philip, catch up with that carriage. And, <laughs> and he catches up with that, that chariot, and he says, do you understand what you're reading? And the man says, how can I if nobody explains it to me? Now, this eunuch is the treasurer for the queen of Ethiopia, and and, and, a, and he's humble enough to say, how can I understand if I don't have someone to explain it? Right. So Philip explains to him the passage he's reading, and then he's baptized. So we need that authority of the church. Absolutely. We've got Ed now up in Northern California. Ed, welcome to the Terry. Actually, welcome to the Bible with the Barbers. <laughs> I almost said the Terry and Jesse show, brother. What's on your mind? Glad to have you aboard. Mary and Terry. Thanks. Can you hear me? Mary? I can hear you now, my brother. What's on your mind? We're all ears. Well, first of all, I want to make an act of humility, and I wanted to... Uh, <laughs> defend you guys because that wasn't your fault it was my fault i was sitting there talking to you and i'm like oh we can't hear you and you know what i have a bird in the background so i put it on mute oh god so i love you <laughs> you're a humble man <laughs> i thought it was i was complaining i was saying oh my gosh we're trying to our technical aspects are being challenged okay so thank you for your humility what's on your mind now about the bible because i love to hear people talk about the bible thanks ed Absolutely. Well, you, a while back you quoted a very common verse used by Protestants, and that's all Scripture is inspired by God. Yeah. Definitely a great verse. Mm -hmm. But I want to point out that that verse in and of itself needs the church, and this is the reason why, because mm -hmm. clearly it cannot mean all Scriptures, because there were many Scriptures at that time that were written, like the Gospel of Thomas and all kinds of other different things. Sure. And even that... As they were writing, he wasn't writing thinking that this was going to be a part of the scripture. So clearly it can't mean all scriptures, but it's, it's talking about the, the authority of the scriptures that, that God gave us through the church. So 
that's that's one thing. It, Good. By itself, it can't mean all scriptures. And then the second thought is, um, it doesn't say only scripture. Right. Right. They will use that verse a lot of times, saying, yeah. you know, all the Bible. Yep, because right here it says all scriptures, but it doesn't say only, only scriptures. It's going to part, point out those two things yes. that, you know, we need the authority of the church Excellent. Um, to, to help us along to, to, to know what is. And, and one last thought on that. It's funny that the Protestants still believe that, um, you know, God can use a man to <laughs> write, write infallibly yeah. and give us the word of God without error. But why couldn't he use the same men to decide which books were inspired and which ones were not? And that is, you know, the, the authority given to the Catholic Church. So well said. We have to have that. We yeah. have to have that. Otherwise, we have a problem when we come to reading scriptures. So I prayed to the Holy Spirit, and, you know, yep. God told me this. Well, I prayed and just said this. One last thought in regards to interpreting scripture. <laughs> hey, let, hey, hang on a minute. You can go two more times with one last thought. Go ahead, Ed. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> two more times. I know. Go ahead, brother. When people, when, when, when people say, <laughs> you know, I just gather in Jesus' name, the yeah. two and three of us, and yeah. we prayed, and therefore God is with us, and now I have the infallible interpretation of the Bible. But that's not what it says. It says right. that he will be in the midst of you, but he's not guaranteeing that just because you pray – and you're with your friend in a Bible study, that doesn't mean you're going to understand the That's fullness right. of the Scriptures. Exactly. Well so said, I just Ed. I want to comment on that. Good points. All good points. God bless you guys. Thanks, Ed. Get the word out for this new show. Thanks, Ed. Daniel, he made some good, valid points. I mean, which came first, the Bible or the church? Right. Without the church, where are we going to... Who's, where's the Bible? Right. And, and this, what's interesting about that is all Scripture... What Paul is referring there to is the Old Testament scripture That's and the right. fact that Timothy was raised on the Old Testament scripture. Good point. So if if it proves anything, it proves too much, right? In the sense that, well, if all scripture, if that's the only scripture, if they want to add the word only in there, they're talking about the Old Testament, mm-hmm. <laughs> which brings us to our next point here. Yes. The relationship between the Old and the New Testament. Ooh, yes. How can we understand the Old Testament without Christ? And nonetheless, how can we fully understand Christ without what the Old Testament teaches us that he's going to do. Now, are you going to get into the typologies of Christ in the Old Testament and how they're revealed in the New? That's You, you want to get into what that. Is ty- what does that mean, typology? That's a big word. That, that something that happened in the past yep. points to a reality beyond itself. Aha. And um, before we get into typology, yes. just on the Old and New Testament, sure. St. Paul says in his letter to the Corinthians, yeah. Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scripture. Mm-hmm. And in accordance with the scripture was raised again on the third day. Mm-hmm. So in the Old Testament, it was prophesied that the Messiah, the Christ, would die mm-hmm. for our sins and that he would be raised that from was the dead. Isaiah? Yes, in the, uh, the prophet Isaiah, That's you right. have that. And so Jesus is only fully comprehended in light of the Old Testament. St. Jerome said, ignorance of scripture is ignorance of Christ. And he's Amen. not talking about just the New Testament. If we don't know the Old Testament, we won't fully know Christ because we miss a lot of what God has revealed. So we want the Old Testament. But then again, it's only in Jesus that the real meaning of the Old Testament comes clear to us. The fathers of the church said the New Testament was concealed in the Old and the Old Testament is revealed in the New. So Mary, are there types of Christ in the Old Testament that... The New Testament point, you know, they're going pointing to Jesus. Right. So is right. that what we mean by a type of Christ? Exactly. And one one great example of that yeah. is the temple itself. Ooh. You, and and it, again, there's there are several senses of scripture. There mm-hmm. are two major senses. You have the literal historical sense, and then you have the spiritual sense. Well, and explain the, those two. The spiritual sense, the literal and historical sense, yeah. is what does this scripture passage mean in its historical context? Right. And then the spiritual senses are, you have the moral sense. Well, not that's just not the first one. The allegorical sense, which means how was this passage fulfilled in Christ? Mm-hmm. Then you have the moral sense. How does this passage apply to my life? Amen. How do I live <laughs> according to what God is saying? Right. And then you have what's called um, the anagogical sense, which means how does this passage point me to the homeland for which God has made me? That is to heaven. How does it point me to heaven? And so you have these senses in scriptures and you have these types in scripture. Mm-hmm. And the temple is a great example of it. You actually had Solomon build the temple, right? Right. You know, David conquered the lands and then 
David said, I need to build a temple, and, and God says, no, your son, Saul, your son will build that temple. So Solomon builds this beautiful temple, and it's a place of worship for God. It's a place where men and God will meet, and men will worship God. And the glory cloud, the presence of God, comes to rest in the temple. Mm -hmm. After Solomon builds it, God comes in the Shekinah, the glory cloud, and this is the presence of God dwelling in the temple. God's spiritually dwelling with his people there in the temple. Well, in the New Testament, in the Gospel of John, Jesus says, destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. But John explains to us he was talking about his body. Yeah. He's not talking about the temple building. So it's Christ who is the temple. Uh-huh. And then morally, how is that fulfilled in us? How are we supposed to live? Well, when we were baptized, we became children of God. That makes sense. We become temples of God because the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, come to dwell in us in grace through baptism. So now we are temples. We are to reflect to the world the reality of God and, and who he is and his love, his tremendous love. Is it a fair statement to say we could be the hands of Jesus? Absolutely. By our, you know, by exactly. working and helping others? Right, and a beautiful sign of that was Mother Teresa of Calcutta. Before she became real famous, Bishop Sheen had wanted to meet her because he'd read about this woman in India who was yeah. taking the dying off the streets of India and, and, and taking care of them yeah. and introducing them to Jesus. And he said, Mother, he, he met her in an airport. And he said, Mother, Mother, please tell me, what do you say to people to evangelize them? You've evangelized so many people. <laughs> and Mother said, I don't say anything, <laughs> but I do love them. Yeah. And then after I've loved them, I will ask them if they know Jesus. Mm. And they say to me, oh, Mother, is he anything like you? <laughs> I love it. And Mother would say, no, <laughs> but I do try to be like him. Amen. And she said, then they will ask me, tell me, yes, I want to know Jesus. Because you've loved me so much, I want to know the person who's inspired you to love this way. And that's what we're supposed to be, the ones who inspire others to know that they are loved. By God. So beautiful. Yeah. And that's what Virgin Most Powerful Radio does to introduce people to the person of Christ right. through his church. Right. And I think about this with clarity and charity. Mm -hmm. If you notice, what we're doing is we're taking the word of God and explaining it to you in a way that is you know, very palatable. You understand that it's God's love letter. It's something that we should be reading every day. Here's my question, and I ask that myself. How much time am I spending with the Word of God compared to watching TV, listening to music, going for walks, all these things that we do, but we need a holy practice. We need a holy practice. Which is reading the Word of God. And when we Amen. come back, we're going to do more about reading the Word of God, and we're going to share more about God's love letter with you, with the Bible with the Barbers here on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. If you'd like to make a little donation to help us with our our new studio, call 877-526-2151 or go to virginmostpowerfulradio.org. We'll be right back. Matthew Arnold here, host of Happy Hour on Virgin Most Powerful Radio, part of our daily schedule of live 100% Catholic programs, along with the Terry and Jesse Show and the Bar of History with Dr. Ed Mazza. It is only because of your continued prayers and generous donations that Virgin Most Powerful Radio can broadcast live each weekday. We count on your spiritual and financial support because you understand the urgent need for Catholic programming that shares the gospel with clarity and charity, but without compromise. This fall, Virgin Most Powerful Radio will be rolling out another original live program, Jesus 911 with Jesse Romero, Eddie Chavez, and Ruben Nava, three ex-cops sharing true stories of evangelization and spiritual warfare on the streets of Los Angeles. We're also remodeling our studio and preparing to launch our new website and smartphone app. We desperately need to fix the bugs so you can listen live on our app or YouTube without any glitches. Plus, meet traditional broadcast standards in order to provide our exclusive programming to Catholic radio stations around the country and around the world absolutely free of charge. 
As usual, we're doing it all on a shoestring budget. But we cannot do it without you. If you like what you hear on Virgin Most Powerful, I ask you to please prayerfully consider becoming a monthly donor. You can set it up with the touch of a button on our website, catholicrc.org. Buying or selling your home or your business property? This is Terry Barber. Real Estate for Life underwrites The Terry and Jesse Show. And they can connect you to one of 900 pro-life real estate agents around the world. And when they receive their referral fee, they will give 80% of it to a pro-life organization. Wow! That's 80%. Realestateforlife.org, 877-LIFE-US1. Now, back to Happy Hour. If you'd like to join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Matthew. Again, this is not Matthew. This is Terry and Mary Barber with Amen. Bible with the Barbers. That's right. And Terry, just before the break, you were talking about where do we spend our time? Yes. And have we lost sight of where we're going? Right. And this is the third spiritual sense of the Bible is the anagogical sense, and that is that it's always directing us toward our true homeland, which is heaven. And I think we get caught up in the things of this world. You think? And we forget. Oh, man. We forget where we're going. It's interesting. There was someone who once said, the problem with modern man is not only has he forgotten where he's going, he forgot where he came from. Wasn't that Chesterton? That was probably Chesterton. Yeah, it sounds like that a That sounds like a Chesterton. Yeah. And he said, therefore, he can't even get back to the beginning. <laughs> and we came from God... We were made by God. We were made for union with God. We're going toward God. Yeah. And this is what this whole hermeneutic of the scriptures. Do we read the scriptures just as another human document that, oh, you know, whatever, we can take it or leave it? Or do we really believe that this is God's word yeah. written in the words of men, but nonetheless inspired by God? So it's the Holy Spirit speaking to us only those things which he wants us to know and that everything there in that book is important for us to know and understand. And it all speaks to us of the plan of God. God has this plan, this divine plan. And this is how the Christians looked at it. You know, the, the basic Christian confession is what? Jesus Christ is Lord. As a matter of fact, St. Paul says, unless you have the Holy Spirit, you can't say those words. That's right. So anybody out there who can't say the words, Jesus Christ is Lord, Get down on your knees right now and beg God to give you his spirit and bring you into his grace so that you can proclaim that Jesus Christ is Lord. That's powerful. And I would also include just reading one of the four gospels. Amen. Sit down. Absolutely. You, you can actually read a gospel, one of the gospels in one sitting. Yeah. I mean, it's not, yeah. it's not un, unreasonable. Right. And what I would encourage when you read that, say, Jesus, I want to know you. Amen. And, yeah. and, and I'm, and I'm going to mention something else. We'll continue with the Bible. But one of the things that help an individual know Jesus Christ is to ask Jesus for more faith. Absolutely. Every single day. And these words in the Bible will actually come out stronger Absolutely. because you're asking our Lord to reveal himself to you. Yes. And he never says no. That's right. That's right. And, and when you ask him for more faith, ask him for more hope and charity also. Amen. Because remember, we're not saved by faith alone. Nope. And I, I mention that because Jesus himself says in the scriptures, the, the devil believes and trembles. <laughs> Jesus said this. He said the devil believes and trembles. Mm -hmm. So we want charity because what Satan is missing yeah. is that charity toward God. And this is... we When we read about what Jesus did, mm -hmm. and when you read the scriptures... Think about it. This is God. Yeah. God who became man. And this is what the early Christians believed. This is what Christianity has always believed and taught. Yes. That God himself, Emmanuel, God with us. Yes. And he wasn't just with us there 2,000 years ago. Jesus remains with us in the Eucharist. Amen. Which is why the Eucharistic adoration is so powerful. Because you go and you sit or kneel or stand in the presence of the Lord and just say, Lord, show yourself to me so that you can fall in love with him. And this is what God wants. When we look at the scriptures, if we see it as the word of God, revealing God's plan to us, we begin to see that God is a father fathering his family, mm. that he has a divine economy. Mm. Economy comes from a Greek word, 
oikonomia. And it's actually two Greek words brought together, oikos, which means household, nomos, which means law. And so God gives to us a household law. He knows we're human. He knows that we're weak. God created the perfect universe, right? <laughs> Big time. He created Adam and Eve in the state of grace, right? Yes. And Adam and Eve let their trust in God die in their heart, and they turned away from him. And they disrupted the order that God had made. And so Jesus Christ is the recapitulation, the bringing back together of all things in himself in order to present them back to the Father. The second person of the Blessed Trinity becomes man in order to bring all of created nature back. How is that? Well, he took to himself a created nature. Yeah. He, The second person of the Blessed Trinity united to himself a human nature. So you have one person, the second person of the Blessed Trinity, who has two natures. And in that created nature, he draws all of creation with him so that the whole of creation eagerly awaits the revelation of the sons of God, Paul will tell us. And what is that revelation? That in Jesus Christ, we all become sons of God. Amen. And that we are all brought to the Father through the Son. So when we're baptized, all this comes together. And and Mary, because I know we've chatted on the brec on the, uh, the on our porch about these things, and now we get to chat about them with you on the in your home. <laughs> Mary, you baptism. Tell us right now how baptism is tied into that invitation of being another Christ. In baptism. We become a new creation in Christ. Mm -hmm. We're not just dunghills covered with snow. Nope. We're actually regenerated from within because when Adam and Eve sinned, yes. they yes. lost the grace of God. And so all they could pass on to their children was the natural life God had given them, mm -hmm. the life of this world. And God said, no, I'm not going to leave you there. I will send a Messiah. I will restore the order that I first made. Mm. And so in baptism, the sacrament that Christ himself established and gave to his church, in that moment, when the priest pours the water, or the deacon pours the water, or in case of emergency, any person, if someone's in danger of dying, you can baptize a person. If you pour water on their, their forehead, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. One name, because God is one, although he's a trinity of persons, and we become children of God, regenerated in grace. It's a regeneration, and now we are a new creation in Christ. We have put on Christ, and we no longer live just our fleshly life. Amen. We have a new life, and that life is a life of grace, a life of union with God. And when we say a life of grace, the life of God in us. That's right, the life of God in us, God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit dwell in our souls when we are baptized. And I want to remind you, today at 7 o'clock at the Sacred Heart Chapel in downtown Covina, at our little chapel, we have a Bible study every Tuesday with Mary Danielle. We want to invite those who are in Southern California. We are welcome to come. And again, on Thursdays at 1 o'clock in the afternoon, for those who don't want to go out at night, you have the afternoon Bible study. Mary, what can our listeners expect in the future on these once-a-week Bible studies with the barbers, what are we going to accomplish in teaching people the importance of the Bible, and how is it going to apply to their own personal life? Why is this going to, how is this going to benefit them in their own walk with Jesus? Well, I hope to yes. inspire in everyone by the grace of God, mm -hmm. a love for the Word of God. Amen. Not just the Word written in Scripture, mm -hmm. but the Word of God, His Son. And then when we fall in love with God, our whole life becomes oriented toward God. Mm -hmm. We want to direct everything in our life toward Him. And it should change us. In, in Scripture, St. Paul tells us, the Word of God is living and effective. It pierces more surely than a double-edged sword dividing bone and marrow, nerve and sinew. Mm -hmm. Think about those words. This is what we want. But what is the bone and marrow? What are the nerves and sinew? What has to be divided in us? We need to cut away all of the sin mm -hmm. and attachment to sin. And then we need to cut away inordinate attachments even to the good things that God has made because we want God to be the first love in our life. God is a jealous lover <laughs> because God is God and he made us for himself and we need to love him. Amen. 
Mary Danielle, I haven't told you this, but she's taking the place of Dr. Ed Mazza this Saturday at the Sacred Heart Chapel for our conference on a call to holiness. So if you haven't joined us and you want to meet Mary Danielle Saturday, myself and Matt Arnold, just call 877-526-2151 or go to virginmostpowerfulradio.org. You can sign up. If you don't have the money to pay the registration, I think it's 35 whole dollars for the month for that day. That's okay. We want you to come. Don't let money get in the way. What we're going to cover there is an answer to the crisis in the church, which is a crisis of saints, really. That's true. Yes. And so we're going to give you the antidote, which is our Catholic faith. That's correct. And Mary, I'm going to be talking on living in the presence of God is the key to overcoming any obstacle in life. Right. We kind of talked a little bit about that today. Can I put you on the spot? and ask you, what are you going to share this Saturday? Well, since the, the conference is on holiness, I would actually like to share about St. Joseph and how St. Joseph is the model, a model for us for holiness and how we can follow his example and live a holy life in the completion, in the fulfillment of the duties of our state in life and how that draws us into union with God. Let me give a teaser. Here it comes. What, what's so important about St. Joseph? What example did he give that we as individuals today can see uh, as a model for us? Well, to put it real succinctly, St. Joseph was willing to surrender all of his plans and dreams Amen. in order to do whatever it was that God asked him to do, no matter what it costs. Wow. Go read the passages in Scripture about St. Joseph. He never says a word. Nope. But read the passages that apply to him and, and stop and meditate on them and, and ask the Lord to give you that insight to see who is this man who actually on earth represented the Father in heaven. Mm -hmm. He was a true father to Jesus Christ. He's a true spouse to the Virgin Mary. He was to watch over and protect. He was the father of that family. Yes. The holy family at Nazareth. This is Joseph. And who are you, St. Joseph? I have the benefit of knowing that talk, but I'm going to be there anyway. <laughs> and I would encourage you, our listener, to join us by going to virginmostpowerfulradio.org or if you want to register right on the phone, make it easy. Call us at 877-526-2151. To wrap it up, what's our action items, Mary Danielle, for today's show? What can we encourage people to do on their own until next Tuesday? Well, take out the, the Bible and, and pick out a gospel and read it and then also spend more time with our Lord in the Blessed Sacrament. Mm. If you, even if you have 10 minutes, you're driving by the church and say, you know, I have an extra 10 minutes. I can take 10 minutes. Or take 10 minutes out of your busy day. Take the time aside. If you can spend an hour, that's awesome. But take the time that you can spend and go in and just say hello to our Lord and spend some time with him. And if you want, take that Bible with you and read that Bible and carry the Bible with you so that you will read it more often. That's a great combination. The Word of God and, live, and being in the presence of the Eucharist. Amen. I like that idea. I hear the music. Boy, does this hour go by fast, Mary Danielle. But you know what, folks? You have to wait till next week to be with Mary. I don't. I live with Mary. And I'm honored to be her husband. And I thank God for that. And I thank God that we can share the Bible with the Barbers once a week on Virgin Most Powerful. And I love this, Mary. See if you pick up on this. What state should we be living in, Mary? The state of grace. And what state shouldn't we be living in? The state of moral sin. Okay. We got that from our brother Jesse Romero. Can you tell? Yeah. Here at Virgin Most Powerful, we're all brothers and sisters in the Lord. Amen. And we thank you for your support for Virgin Most Powerful. And we hope to be with you again next Tuesday, same time, same station. May God richly bless you and your family. And I got to say full sheen ahead. <laughs> all righty. God love you. Prayer is a conversation, and a conversation goes two ways. We speak and we listen. But how do we listen to God? Do we look for signs? I just saw a leaf blow across the street. Am I supposed to leaf my boyfriend? <laughs> I guess God can use signs, but for the most part, He speaks more simply than that, through Scripture. Every day before anything else gets into your head, I want you to start by opening the Gospel according to iPhone. <laughs> it's all right there. Just Google Gospel from Daily Mass. It's really short. Read it. Ask God what He's saying to you through His Word, and then talk to Him from your heart. 
Make that a daily habit because if it's not, it'll never happen. Now you might be thinking, I'm not a monk. I can't pray every morning. Look, I know you're not. That's why I'm only asking you for something that takes about two minutes. And if you do that every day, I promise you, it will change your life. This is Chris Stefanik from reallifecatholic.com. Virgin Most Powerful Radio, sharing the gospel with clarity and charity.